So I think that was our aha moment, that what are we doing to really support these big customers that are going to need us the most as, as they move in this direction. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Monday, so in this episode, you'll be hearing one of our favorite and most actionable talks from past conferences. Here we go. So first, I want to introduce the research director at Serious Decisions. Give it up for Alisa Grucock. We have section manager, account-based marketing Americas at National Instruments, Mr. Joe Quinn. And we have the director, marketing, Juniper Networks. Ray Ann Reese. Give it up for these amazing people. Huh? They're going to tell you what ABM really stands for, which I think is all about money. What do I do? <laughs> Great. Well, I think what we'll do is just start with some introductions and I'll introduce myself first and then I'll let Joe and Ray Ann do the same. So I've been with Serious Decisions for about six months. And prior to that, I was in many of your shoes. So I worked at HP for 10 years, started HP's first account-based marketing program, worked at Cisco for five years, ran a large customer advisory board there, worked at a company called Informatica for two years. And what I'm really passionate about and is kind of the focus of my research at Serious is bringing marketing and sales together around targeted accounts. So how do you hone in on the accounts that matter most and bring marketing and sales interlock to uh, run programs and effectively go after those accounts? So that's a little bit about me. Joe, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Joe Quinn. I work at National Instruments and we've been doing account programs for about a decade now. So actually preparing for this panel was kind of nice to look back. And we were actually awarded the first ABME award from Flip My Funnel last December for the best comprehensive ABM program in the nation. So really excited to share this expertise. So what I do is I manage our account-based marketing program at National Instruments, which is going to a global model. But because of the work that I've done in the last five or six years, I was recently promoted to now manage all of our outbound marketing, which is an organization of 80 to ensure that we are deploying account-based marketing strategies effectively, integrated marketing strategies, digital and sales enablement strategies. So hopefully today's panel, I really want to give very succinct nuggets of actionable things that you can take back for your programs um, so that you can maybe learn from some of the the things that, that got us to best program in the nation. Hi, I'm Marianne Reese. I manage marketing for our Americas region, which is North and South America. I have spent my career going back and forth between sales and marketing. I like to say I have a salesperson's brain and a marketer's heart. I think like a salesperson, but my passion is marketing. And so my my true strength lies when I can connect the two together. And uh, ABM is a perfect place to do that. Great. So what I want to start off with the two of you is really what was the turning point for your ABM program? So we know there's a, ABM has a lot of industry buzz right now. We know that you know, there's a lot of pressure from sales to do ABM. And so I'm curious what brought the clarity to both of you and your organizations to move from kind of the idea stage of ABM, which I suspect a lot of folks in the room can relate to, into kind of those first action steps. So Joe, you want to tackle that? Sure. So uh, I have to go back to 10 years ago. We had a pilot program for a regional marketing team that only did programs that were going to benefit driving interactions for our direct sales force. And about 
Three years into that journey, there were other changes at our companies. We were very innovative. We we're always trying to improve. We're an engineering company, so we always want to improve our ROI. And so based on those changes, I was able to go to my marketing director and say, you know what, out of all of the things we do, geo events, account events, um, association marketing, account communications, I said the things that are paying off is when we partner with our sales team and do these account tactics. And so he said, well, put together proposal of what this program would look like. So I knew that there were other groups at our company seven years ago working with accounts. And so I did a kind of a roadshow and almost 50 meetings of people in services, support, operations. And I said, if we honed in and only did marketing at these accounts, how could you benefit? And I took a proposal to our leadership team, our, our senior VPs, and I already talked to most of his leadership team. And so they had already kind of got excited about the idea and we pitched it and got approval to do a pilot program. And we selected, not in a scientific way, but we selected 30 accounts to pilot these programs at. 10 in the East U.S., 10 in the West U.S., and 10 in Latin America. And so that's how we started our pilot program. Mm-hmm. Great. Rand, same question to you. So our ABM journey started about six years ago. Probably many of you can relate to this, but we're in the technology networking industry. And our industry was uh, undergoing a fundamental transformation towards software-defined networking, virtualization, automation, dramatic shift. And so as we looked toward those shifts, there's a realization that our customers were going to require a completely different level of support from us. Nobody went to school for software-defined networking. What did we need to do to help them through that transformation? And that demanded that we took a look at the way we went to market and how we support customers. And when you look at where you start on that journey, your very biggest customers, our very biggest customers, are also the the first movers traditionally, right? They're the biggest companies, the biggest brand names in their industries, and they're likely to move first. And so as you look at that, there's a realization that, hey, some of these customers do more revenue than entire verticals. (laughs) They're huge. And so... We have all these people focused on verticals and and supporting the masses. Who's taking care of these giant customers that are probably going to have the biggest pain in making these transformations? And so I think that was our aha moment, that what are we doing to really support these big customers that are going to need us the most as as they move in this direction? And so uh, account-based marketing was the strategy that we chose to make sure that we were doing the right things to keep. Juniper relevance in the new world, but to help our customers through the transformation as well. Yeah. And your companies have some things in common. So you both are part of large enterprises, you have direct sales forces, and you invest a lot of resources in sales on your top accounts. Your target accounts tend to be major brands, leaders in their industries. And so you both have relatively small kind of large account ABM programs, at least historically. And we'll talk a little bit more later about how that's shifted and, be, and shift continuing to shift over time. But kind of given those caveats that you're focused on those companies that have significant revenue impact for your company and it's pretty ring-fenced and targeted, can you tell us about your ABM journeys, where you started and sort of how you've evolved over time? Absolutely. So when we launched our program, the very first thing that we did is we recognized that if the company was going to invest in ABM, the sales managers wanted to see what the impact was going to be to revenue. And so we had a pretty intense focus to make sure 
that whenever we were going to report back out, that we had to show that because of the investment, there was going to be an impact to revenue. And we'll talk about how we did that a little bit later. So the first thing that we did is we went back to all the account tactics that we did and we documented the ones that we knew worked. So we created our own first ABM toolbox that had 17 proven tactics that had some impact to an account. We put them in three buckets. How do we introduce our sales account owners to new buying centers or new managers that weren't in our database? How do we ensure that the customers who are using our products are supported? And then our third bucket is how do we defend against our competition? We didn't want them to win any more space. And because we used these tactics, our first year was not to innovate on anything else. We wanted to establish firm handshakes in the organization. We wanted people to understand how to support us. We wanted to have a common discussion with our sales account owners. So we really limited our innovation. We used what worked for our pilot. The very first thing we did, so this is probably two years into the journey when we had the pilot launched. The first thing we did is we said, what's happening in the industry? And ABM started to become a buzzword. And so luckily, we assessed a couple of the industry leaders and Serious Decisions was one of them. And so we all invested in becoming certified in in Serious Decisions account-based marketing. Because if we were going to have the seat at the table with sales, we wanted to be able to reference this is an ABM best practice versus this is your idea as as an account owner. And this is what's worked in the past. So we wanted that credibility instantly. Two of the things that we did at the very beginning with these 30 accounts is we went to go review their account plans and half of them weren't there. So we were like, great, well, what are we going to work on? So we actually helped build half of the account plans with the account owners. So this was five years ago. And for the other ones, what we did is we looked at their account plans. We understand what their account objectives were. And two of the first tactics we do for every single one of our accounts is we actually do an account research project on the account. And we, back then, didn't have a lot of the technologies that you're seeing downstairs on the floor. So a lot of it was manual. A lot of Google searches in order to map out an account to understand the buying centers. Since we're an engineering company, we looked for new laboratories. We looked for departments that were registering patents. We were looking for people who were building manufacturing facilities where we could sell equipment into. And we actually went back to sales and we consulted with them and we taught them what they didn't know about their account. We asked them to validate, do you know these people? Do you know these groups? Do you know that they're working on these things? Do you know they're speaking at these conferences? Do you know that they're opening up a new facility? And right then we gained a lot of credibility because we taught them what they didn't know about their accounts. And instead of turning over the intelligence, we kept it. And we said, these are the ones you're going to go after because they have some mention of a relationship with us. These, we're going to go try to find visits for you. So our very first project was to establish new visits with new managers for our account owners, which is more of a business development function. But we had to, on the other end, make sure that we were going to show the value of this program. So now we set up these visits for these new managers, and we also decided that we needed to ensure that that account manager was going to have a really easy time telling these new managers who didn't know who National Instance was what our company did. So our second tactic that we did after the account research is we did one sales enablement tool called the Customer Digest. We come through all of our systems to figure out what have we sold to these companies worldwide. We actually produced a custom brochure, Customer Confidential, that actually has every solution that we've sold, what their challenge was, what we sold, and what the impact was. We also reference the people who purchased those systems. 
So you can imagine a new visit, visiting a new manager from our account owners. They were able to use this in three ways. They could say, look what we're doing for your company worldwide. You're one of the people who aren't using us yet, but let's talk about how you can. The second thing is don't just trust our word on what we can do for you. Call your colleagues that you might not even know Uh and see how it is working with NIS Technologies. And third is let's go through the solutions because if your company has already purchased one that could solve your challenge, then let's leverage your current investments. And so this was our first two tactics is getting the visits and ensuring that we had the quickest path of attachment for new managers for our sales force. Yeah, almost like a kind of an internal advocacy that's going on there in terms of securing these new meetings. Really fascinating. Rianne, how about you? We started with one account. So we did the analysis of who are the first movers, who are the customers that are going to have the most pain on this journey, who matters to us. If we don't get it right, we're in trouble. Who are those accounts? And, and of those accounts, you know, a couple rise to the top that these are these are going to be the people moving the fastest and we therefore need to move faster to support them. And so we chose one account that was kind of furthest along on the journey. There was a recognition that we needed to do something different. This ABM thing was probably it. Hired somebody with those skill sets to be dedicated to that. That's your job as a go figure that out with that account. And so... At the end of that first year, that pilot was so successful that we then added some additional counts in that same vertical that looked like that customer the following year. Again, super successful. We then grew it to other counts in that same vertical globally. And beyond that, we then scaled to other verticals. And today, we're looking at how we scale in other ways. So there's two main ways that we're doing that now. Is One is through leveraging technology tools better, as well as what we're calling ABM Lite. So it's a scaled down version of the intensive ABM support that we provide to be able to reach companies on kind of that second tier, if you will, that are important, the up and coming accounts that we want to provide some level of customization and support to, but maybe can't give them everything that's involved with ABM. Iran, can you clarify for the, for the audience, how many accounts are in your large account program, how many are in your ABM light, and if there are any other tiers? I think that that scope yeah, is important. Yeah, so we kind of think of it as a triangle, if you will. At the bottom of the triangle, you sort of have your, your mass marketing to the many, the thousands. For us, it's about 5,000 target accounts that we're super focused on. And, and so that's where we leverage a lot of technology and tools to really reach those folks. And then at the middle of the triangle, you have what we call that ABM light. They tend to be clusters of accounts that look similar. So vertical marketing is a great way to think about that, but to the next level of customization. So the the customers have some similar issues, similar challenges. They're in a similar place in the buying journey. And so we can leverage some of those customized um, tactics to, to reach more than one account. And then at the top of the triangle, and, and in ABM Light today, in total, at the top two tiers, we probably only have 50 accounts globally, 45, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. 15 belong or so, comes and goes, at that very top tier where we're providing intensive ABM support. And mm-hmm. when I'm talking about intensive ABM support, it's not necessarily a one-to-one relationship. We have some marketers that only have one account. We have some accounts that are so large, they have two dedicated marketers. Most of our ABM folks have two, three, four, no more than four accounts. I think in the 
ABM community, there's a recognition that if you have a marketer supporting more than four or five accounts, they're probably not doing ABM. They're doing something else, vertical marketing, target marketing. And so we have some that manage multiple accounts as well. But for us, the reason I say you can't do ABM for more than a few accounts is the way we look at it is not just at the account level, but really the people in the account that are driving the decisions. And if you look at that that way, you know them by name. There's not that many of them. For our very biggest accounts, it's 50 people maybe who are making the decisions and the people around them that are influencing those decisions. And that's really what we're focused on is how do we reach those specific people with the messages we need them to hear to you know, bring them on the journey we're trying to bring them on. Mm-hmm. And that's an intensive process. So sales alignment and marketing alignment and lots of conversations and planning and realignment to make sure that marketing and sales are delivering the same exact messaging. So speaking of alignment, Joe, I'd like you to address the same question, please. How many accounts are in your program and how is that evolving and changing? And then let's talk a little bit about how you measure results. So we have a similar setup is that we have a a customer portfolio model that actually tiers our accounts company-wide now. Our ABM program has a large account, so we have dedicated account marketing plans for 12 accounts. And then we can talk a little bit later about how those scale. Our mid-tier is where we do kind of our our program integrated marketing around industries, and we're talking thousands of accounts. And then we have a digital platform, which we're talking about tens of thousands of accounts. Going back to your, your question about measuring results, we actually looked at serious decisions to say, how do we measure an ABM program? And when you have a pilot and you're first starting out, it takes a while to show that your efforts are actually doing something because you have so much upfront work that you're aligning with sales, you're reviewing account plans, you're building your plans, and then you have to execute. So our first measurements were readiness measures. And this is part of a framework that we learned about. So our readiness measures were seven certified ABM professionals defining an ABM digital toolbox of 17 proven functions to review 30 account plans and then build out 15 of those, and then to build 30 ABM marketing plans. So those were all of our readiness measures. Our activity measures were next. How many activities were we going to do? So how many research projects were we doing at these accounts would be one. Other typical activity measures are how many account on-sites are you doing? How many custom communications are you doing? And then you have your output metrics, right? How many people showed up to an event? How many manager visits did you secure? And then lastly, and this is the one that kind of extends longer, is what is the impact of that work? And once you are collaborating with sales, they have to start their sales process. And for ours, it could be anywhere from six months to two years. What was nice for the example that I gave about our startup efforts of driving those new manager visits, in the first year, with an intense focus to prove the value of this pilot, we drove 163 new manager visits. We manually tracked them. And those in the first year resulted in $10 million of sourced opportunities for our sales force. And so we were able to show readiness, activity, output, and impact in the first year, which was pretty significant and definitely got mind share at our our company. Yeah. And Rianne, how about you? How do you track results? So we've had a different journey, I think, of a painful <laughs> multi-year journey of getting the metrics right. I think we're in a good place now, but it was not easy getting there. And I'll, I'll tell you a story of where we started. So one of the very first metrics Juniper, Juniper gave to us in the space was, how many names can we add? How many contacts can we add to the database for that account? I said, who cares about that? 
Mm-hmm. And I got blank stares, right? So the, the next week, I went into my management with a list of 220,000 names, every single employee at that account. And I said, I've blown away your metrics by your wildest expectations. Now explain to me what I've done. What did I accomplish? Finally, you see some light bulbs coming on. Multi-year journey where we talked about pipeline creation, pipeline attribution, volume-based metrics that traditional marketing people are used to talking about. How many attendees came to the event? None of that really matters in the ABM world. Honestly, it's not about pipeline creation necessarily. It's about how we're influencing the, the votes and the decisions that are being made in our way in that account. And so there really didn't exist good metrics for this space. And so we, we ended up creating our own. It was a realization that our ABM team couldn't continue to push back on the organization, say that doesn't make sense, we're not doing that, that's not the right metric for us. We had to come to the table of something else. And so we ended up creating our our own metric system, which is uh, based on what we call mindshare scoring. And so when we work with the sales teams to, to identify who in the account really matters to us and what projects are they making the decisions on, we also take a look at, are they gonna vote for us today? And there's a one to five scale on where they stand. And then our marketers are super laser focused on increasing those scores over time so that we're moving our detractors to supporters and hopefully getting more votes in the process. And then also doing that same scoring process about the people around them, their, their influencers, maybe external analysts outside the company, maybe internal folks that aren't necessarily on their team, but who's helping them make the decisions. And those are the people we focus on to try to increase their scores over time. And now we've grown that to show that as the scores increase, we actually increase close rates on pipeline and and the projects that those people are a part of. But now that we're there, it's working for us. But that that volume-based traditional way of thinking about metrics doesn't really apply in the ABM space. Yeah. And so um, I want to come back to this question around scale. So the folks here in the room will have an opportunity to go down to the expo hall and talk to a lot of technology companies that sell innovative technologies. I, I, you, as, as important as these points are, I'm sorry, we're at time. 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 Wow. But what I want to say is get with these lovely people later on. Give these guys a round of applause. Huh? Give these guys a round of applause. Thank you so much. Sure. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.